Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is Echo reporter Christian Watt. Hi Christian. Hello Ian. Also we've got Joe Rimmer with us. Hi Joe. Hi Ian. And a new regular on the podcast, it's Mr Daniel Kay. Hi Dan. Hello Ian. How are you? Very well, thank you. You good self? I am okay. Ian, have we made Dan's slow move permanent now to the Blood Red podcast? I think that he's becoming a regular squad member like we all are squad members. If he doesn't mind, do you mind signing, by the way? Well, have personal terms been ironed out? Uh, You you need to speak to my agent. And who is your agent? The same one as Emery Chalmers. In which case, all talks are on hold until the end of the season, I'm afraid. And we will see See you in Juventus next year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've heard that shit in podcast. What would it be called? Il Podcastinho. Now, that'd be like it was Brazilian or something, wouldn't it? It's a little podcast. Edio is a little kind of thing, isn't it? Well, they're all... all, Everything's little compared to the Blood Red podcast, I think we'll all agree. True story. Indeed. Right, Christian, go back on something <laughs> sensible. Uh, you were at the game on Saturday. You watched Liverpool take on Selhurst Park. You enjoy your trips to Selhurst Park. And you certainly enjoyed <laughs> this one. A 2-1 victory for the Reds. But did you see it coming? Uh, I was there with our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. Oh, actually, I forgot to mention him, didn't no. I? He's not here today he's not because here. He's, it's Easter, basically, and he's managed to gag himself some time off. Yeah. Uh, and I was down there with him, and uh, I didn't see it coming. I, I really, at 1-0, I, I feared the worst for Liverpool. I thought that it had one of those afternoons, I wrote that after the game as well, that it felt like one of those afternoons to give away a silly penalty, which is duly dispatched by Mirilevich, um, otherwise known as the lad in midfield for Crystal Palace. He takes the pens. He takes the pens. He's quite cool as well. I, I yeah, think, it, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I sort of a plus for from? the first time. Uh, Serbia. Serbia. So he's, he's just like a big, powerful Serbian midfielder, if only Liverpool had one of them. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of confused. it was kind of implied that Joe. Okay. But he, I could certainly see, you know, I could see people, you know, if, if, I've seen a few people suggest maybe Liverpool should have a look at Milivic. Um But you know, I think Grewish is, is a similar type of player. Well, going back to Liverpool, um, you know, it, it did feel like one of those days. It felt like even at one-one, I think Liverpool had a little bit of a, a burst of energy, um, and they could have made the two-one a couple of chances. Uh, straight away to make a 2-1 in, in quick succession. But then Palace came straight back into it and they really had Liverpool against the ropes with Ben Sake missing those two guilt-edged opportunities, something that Liverpool fans have become all too accustomed to during his time at Anfield. And it just really did feel like going into the last 10 minutes. I, I just, I, 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 I think I turned to James and, and said, it's one of those games where you just take the point and get out of dodge. You just say, it's one of those, it, it happens, It's give away a, a bit of a silly penalty... We're at the races in the first half. After the international break, it's Palace, it's Sacco, it's Benteke. And then, of course, which we'll move on to the whole Mane situation, which which could have been... Lalana went on and then came back off, so there was a change in system. Just felt like one of those afternoons, and then up pops Mohamed Salah yet again with a goal that, at the time, I didn't realise because we were at the other end and the press box is akin to sitting in a post box. Um, <laughs> but... It's such a good finish. The first touch with his left foot just gives himself somehow in a crowd of penalty area at 15 seconds of time. It's it's unbelievable, his touch. And he comes to the rescue yet again. Um, obviously, it was a great ball by Robertson. and It was a good, good team performance all around the second half. But even though Liverpool were improving the second half, I did not see it coming because I, it just had that feeling of Crystal Palace away. But it wasn't. Joe, you watched it on the television from the office. And... Um... Christian mentioned Sadio Mane then. What was your take, first of all, on the penalty in the, or claim in the first half and then his possible red card in the second half? 
well, he, it wasn't a penalty. It, it, yeah, he gets a touch, but to throw yourself theatrically to, to the ground like that, it's not a penalty. If, if anyone had gotten a penalty against Liverpool in similar fashion, you'd go absolutely mad, and no one in this room say otherwise, because you would. Oh. It, it is, it's not a penalty, and he should have been sent off by, by all accounts. You know, you, you pick the ball up, you get a yellow card, but... Is that actually right? Well, well, he was, this is doing the rounds, isn't it? Mate, this, this, no, the referee's no, saying that... You are, yeah. So you aren't the ref, yeah. basically, is what it should <laughs> it be. Didn't prevent, <laughs> it didn't prevent an, an attack. Well, it did. They were on the attack. Yeah, they were on the attack. So, so I don't know. It, it's how you, suppose, how you interpret it. I, I thought he was lucky to stay on the pitch, mm. and um, it was never a penalty. But I thought it was good management by Klopp. Thought so um, it was quite a brave decision because although he was involved in all these incidents, he was actually Liverpool's biggest threat throughout the game. But and he I scored was, by that point, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. And I thought it was quite brave by Klopp to say, you know what, is get him off, um, because at that point we hadn't seen much of Salah. But you don't really need to, do you? Because the way he pops up. But um, yeah, that, I thought not a penalty should have been sent off. Thankfully, he didn't, and then Liverpool got three points. So. I think what what the confusion that came around the yellow card when it happened at the time the sorry the second one the handball I was I couldn't believe that he hadn't given the yellow card I was absolutely how you know if you're going to do that if you're going to pull him off with the delivery handball he's off and I, I you know again I was I said to James he's off he's, there's no way he's not going couldn't believe it um, and then the, it did the rounds on Twitter didn't they you know the the new guidelines around the delivery handballs and what isn't isn't a yellow card. And I think the terminology is something like, does it prevent a, a promising attacking situation? Now, yes, it did. It absolutely did, because they were about 25 yards from goal. And Patrick yeah, Van Arnold the ball, but then Van Arnold you, could argue, you could argue that he had the ball. Because if he'd have got up, so this he'd is have where, had the, he'd have had so the ball. So this is where I think the whole, where Swarbrick's sort of... Grey area. Grey area. Yeah. And because he sort of thought, well, maybe he was getting kicked and maybe... That's where he sort yeah. of but, uh, panicked. Christian, sorry, you were saying that Neil Swarbrick's grey area was basically between his ears. Oh, <laughs> he didn't, unbelievably. He didn't have a very good game. Uh, well, this is the thing. It, in a weird way, he sort of the, the most common sense he showed that, uh, in the game was not sending off Mane, but then I think he should have been sent off because if he's been he's been booked, he's been booked. Um, sorry, if he's handballed, it's a booking. Uh, he's preventing that goal scoring opportunity. Uh, it was it was a t- terrible performance from him. I, I think it was a penalty. I know you, you we were saying at the time. <laughs> I think I, it's a penalty. Oh, I, yeah, the, the, the only problem... Get a grip. <laughs> the, the, the only thing, and, and this is an age-old question that, that I've often had, at, at what point does the simulation, the, the, the exaggeration of the foul, negate the foul itself? Because he does catch him. You can see there's contact now. You know, does contact have to be strong enough to put him on the floor to be a foul or does it have to be or is it or is it, if it's strong enough just to kind of stop well, his momentum is that enough for a foul let's look at a number of penalties then just very briefly this season some involving Liverpool some not right the first ball will say Dominic Calvert-Lewin's one for Everton against against Lovren however there was definite contact because Lovren did put his hand on him mm. but Calvert-Lewin fell over then there was Lallana's one against Everton in the FA Cup where again there was contact with mm. Mason Holgate but even Klopp said that was a soft that one. was softer than soft, Calvert-Lewin yeah. I would have said. and then there was one on Sunday in which uh, I think it was uh, Bruno. Martin's Indy got the ball from behind yeah. or to the side of to the side of the Arsenal that, guy, that was and more that was given the a referee's view, wasn't it? Of things. Well, it's still than the actual, and that's one where did he did he actually it? have much contact with the player himself? But if you've gone through the player to the get the ball, it's a foul. It's but how he did through. No, no, his foot. Is, if you watch it again, his his first foot. It's not his trail's foot. His first foot taps Manny's right boot, and then he goes up. 
It, but Manny's Manny shouldn't exaggerate the way he does. But I mean, and again, this is you, you'll have to take me word for this. But where the press box is at Air Palace, it was it was right on line with the incident, mm-hmm. and in real time, it looked an absolute stone waller. And not just because of the way it looked, there was a clear boot on boot contact sound. That that's why I was so at the time I was absolutely adamant it was a penalty because he's got he slid in and you hear the the fuzz of boot on boot and then he goes over and you're like that's a penalty. People around the press box went, "That's a penalty! Like, how's he not giving it?" It's one of those when it goes in slow motion, it looks a lot worse on Mane than then, it does on then the carpet. Yeah. Then we could point to the England penalty, so the Italy penalty, the England, the Italy penalty that they got against England. Sorry, on Tuesday, which at the time everyone went, "What was that for?" Then they showed it on VAR, and there was a touch, but was that deliberate? Probably not, but he's still on his foot, so it probably is a penalty. Does it need to be deliberate? Yeah, does it? Yeah. Need, ch- I don't think it needs to be deliberate. They changed the rules so much. But I, I don't know. I, for me, football's a contact sport. If we start saying there's contact in the area, yeah. every single I mean, time I agree there's, with there's, you. there's contact, you, it doesn't mean it's a penalty. It has to it has to impede, it has to stop him and knock him down. It didn't. Mane was still... It Mane didn't stop him, checked him. Ma- checked but his... Mane was still within... He could, carry, he could have carried on, but he threw himself down. And that's, for me, where... And even if they'd use VR, we'd still be having these arguments yeah. anyway. Because yeah, yeah. it's because of this. Because well, there of we this, go, because it slows down. Because as I say, in exactly, real time, yeah. it, it looked an absolute stonewaller. And because you hear the sound of the boots on the boots, and it just it, it felt like it was a penalty. I mean, irrespective of all of this, Mane still scored the goal. Very good goal. Well played by James Miller, who I believe is one of the better players on the day. Uh, when Christine was just mentioning Mo Salah, Dan, I know you weren't at the game. You were watching from quite a way away. Yes. Uh, you, you were punching the... Punching the air then down here because Mr. Salah, you believe, is he nailed on for Player of the Year then? Uh, well, he's got to be a, a serious. Con- oh, yeah, I think it's pretty much nailed on for Liverpool's Player of the Year, and he's got to be a serious candidate for you know, the, the the general you know, football writers and PFA awards. Um, but as I'm sure he would say himself, the only awards he would be interested in are team awards, <laughs> and 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 then the accolades. I suppose he would he, the ones he would want more than any any others will be the ones from Liverpool supporters and they're only going to keep on coming because I only really saw the second half, to be honest, at the time. And even then, it was kind of like through talking to people, so I only saw fractured bits of it. But I have watched the game back. I did record it and I have watched it back. And as Christian said, and as you know, a few reports and commentators have, have heard since the game say, it was one of his quieter games. Mm. He was very, you know, wasn't really involved in large, large sections of it, but it's the sign of a real class player that... The one real chance, the one real moment that he needs to seize, he does so. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about um, the pause of a genius. Now I mentioned that Iniesta goal mm. that won the World Cup for Spain. And in actual fact, watching the commentary back, I think it was it was Andy Hinchcliffe on co-commentary. On, yeah, on, on Sky. There, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say he's the greatest co commentator in the world, but um, I, I thought he absolutely nailed it when he the the ball comes in and. Having cushioned it with his le- left, left wasn't onto his right. Just that composure, just that extra second, half a second even that he took, not to rush it, not to thrash at it, just to let the ball drop perfectly onto his right, so he could just off his, off his laces, put it into the corner, is just the measure of this phenomenal footballer that we have been enjoying all season, and hopefully, we've still got another month and a bit of joy to come from. A Liverpool player, a Liverpool fan, sorry, enjoying Mo Salah, Joe. Uh, a couple of years ago, you were enjoying Mamadou Sakho. Now, yeah, you yeah, were a big fan of his. I was. Now, obviously, he's gone. He was playing yeah. for Palace. One of quite a few players who were playing or involved with Palace who used to be on Liverpool's books. Sakho was arguably at fault for 
both Liverpool goals. I know that you know Graham Soon has pointed that out on Sky. You think that's a bit harsh? And, and leading up to the question, you know, Liverpool got Virgil Van Dijk in. You know, they got Joel Matip in since I think since he's played. Have they missed him? No, they haven't. Uh, well, you can maybe talk talk about last season a little bit and, and the first half of this season, but. They would have been Virgil, injured for the Virgil first half like of this season. 20, players a time, uh, 20 times the player Sacco is, I think, now he's far more composed. But I thought that the criticism of, of Sacco on Saturday was just, again, th- there was three other defenders in that defence. You know, Martin Kelly doesn't get any criticism. Sacco, all right, Sacco did give the ball away from um, in, in the first goal. Um, he wasn't looking at all, was he? Was he was never, never, never paying any line. attention, though. Sorry? He was never paying any attention after that, though, was he? He was ball-watching. He was ball watching, but he but he comes over, doesn't he? Whereas there's there's still two other guys that could try and cut that cross out. I I just thought that I think the criticism of him it always seems to come back to Sacco. He, he seems to be a lightning rod for criticism, and they, they were criticising him for trying to play the ball. I thought, well, what if the, the sum of your ambition is to just? Tunes was saying he should just get rid of launch it, it. So, launch it upfield. He's not a ball playing defender. But anyone who watched him for Liverpool will know that he, he could play he could play quite a few good passes. So I don't think that's true. And I think that he's always a lightning rod for criticism. Everyone else in the Crystal Palace defence seemed to get away with it. And he got criticised. And for the for the second goal, yeah, he throws himself in. But who wouldn't throw themselves in? For me, it's a great ball across. It's a great, it's a, it's such a an intelligent ball. ball back and then for Salah to take a touch. Mm. Every player every player in defence will be expecting him to take that first time and try and have a shot on goal. He takes a touch, it knocks him down that well, Christian, there's a player on Liverpool's books who came on, actually, in the second half, Dejan Lovren, who's done an interview with, uh, I think it was the Sunday Times. Great interview. Yesterday, right. very good, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, we've done a little piece out of that. And basically, he's almost like he's Sacco in the sense that if something goes wrong, he's the lightning rod for any kind of criticism. And he was talking about that. And he was basically saying that, your club said to him, look, you're a better player than you think you are if you actually believe in yourself more then you can become a, you know, a very very good defender and he also mentioned after the United game where he's obviously was just partly responsible for the two goals from Marcus Rashford in the sense that he had a word with Klopp and Klopp had said to him we need you to be more of a, a leader out on the pitch do you agree with that or do you think maybe I mean, Lovren, it, Lovren's battle isn't so much with his talent but with his head uh, I, 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 I find Lovren quite Confidence. I think sometimes maybe he's a bit too confident. So I was surprised when 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 I read those comments. It was a very good interview by uh, Jonathan Northcroft. Um, I don't know if when he says about being a leader, I don't know if that's a, if, if Klopp means like a mental thing or if he means like just like a, a physical thing on the pitch. Because you think about the mistake that he made against Tottenham, and he, and he was sort of he was leading then, wasn't he? He tries mm. to take the initiative by winning the ball. On the only mentions that he talks about wanting to win, win the ball higher mm. up the pitch, and if by doing that, you're not just sitting in the It's kind of fundamental to game It's a clock. And, and this is the interesting thing, when, when we criticise Carius or Mignolet, or, well, I'll explain that in a minute with those two, but Carius, um, you know, Lovren, Matip, all these type of players, Moreno, for example, we, do, we don't know exactly what, what Klopp is asking of them. Um, and when he says he wants Lovren to be a leader, I don't know if he means a leader in the traditional banging the, you know, kissing the badge on the chest and and and, and you know, punching players. In, punching in, players? No, no, in, <laughs> it's not how he is. In 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 a in a you know in a metaphorical, metaphorical yeah. way, you know, just but also his teammates rallying the troops and all that. I think he means leading, sort of leading everything in terms of being proactive, being on the front foot, yeah. looking to looking to win that ball quickly. So. If Liverpool win it quickly, the, the opposition are already not set in, in, in 
their defensive pattern and then Liverpool spring can on spring them. on them. It makes sense when they put it like that, but obviously if, if Lovren tries to win a ball on the halfway line, okay, maybe that's taking a little bit too far, Dejan, but if he's trying to do that, it's obviously just an instruction. It was just clear that, you know, speaking to Klopp after the game, funnily enough, and he was talking about, the, it was, one question was raised to him about the defensive vulnerabilities again, and he was like, uh, over for the two Benteke chances. Mm. Uh, for the first one, I think it was Milner gave the ball away. Um, Van Dijk. And, and the second one, Van Dijk. Well, he said twice, he said they were not defensive errors. He said the first one was a was a bad ball by, he didn't name it, but basically it was Milner whose ball was cut out. He said, um, and he said the second one, it wasn't anything to do with the defence. And what he intimated was that it was because Van Dijk had been given a pass in a bad position and therefore he had to sort of steady himself and take a touch and, and there was no options for him. Basically what Klopp wanted there, the idea was that Van Dijk would have had a, a pass straight away, but there wasn't a pass, so he wasn't. Well, people in front of him were in the right positions. Well, what we might have liked to see in that position, we'll just put out a play then. Yeah, don't, it, don't, it, don't lose it. Exactly. Right? would have liked to have seen that. Well, exactly, sure. and that, but that's just show, I think that shows you the mentality of Klopp in terms of, you know, the defence does get a lot of criticism and, and the setup of the defence gets a lot of criticism, but they are they are adherent to what Klopp wants them to do. And to be fair, if you look at the defensive record over the past thirty eight games, it's it's, it's mm. been really good. Yeah, they have those odd they have those odd occasions where they can't halt and I don't think you can quantify momentum, but they can't halt momentum, they can't halt a team who's on top. But that's Arsenal, away. Arsenal yeah. Tottenham, Man United to a certain extent. Yeah. But the of Sevilla, but those games, if you t- you know, any any team can say if you take those games out. But you look at like Liverpool in general; they concede zeros and ones now. They don't, they they, they don't, they very rarely really concede. They've massively yeah. improved, haven't they? Massively, massively improved. Yeah. Two so, things. First thing you mentioned, Carius and Mignolet, and you said you go back to it. Oh, so, oh no, no. Well, again, this is the thing in terms of people are saying, you know, oh Carius, he why is he coming out? He's asked to do that. You know, this, this is the thing, and and I think the reason. Mignolet was asked to do that and he couldn't do it. And I, I, and I feel like it really can be a sort of a night and day now after you've seen Carrius and he's still learning. He's still, I still think he was slightly a fault for the penalty. I think he was too slow. He's either If he hasn't reacted quick enough at that point, he's got to just stay on his line. Yeah. Um, but again, who might like Klopp might have said under every, every circumstance you come off your line. Came, narrowed the angle well for Zahar earlier on. With Mignolet, you could just see that he wasn't sorted. He wouldn't set himself properly. He very rarely come out the way Carius comes out. His natural inc- inclination, Mignolet, was to, to go to back. Stay, yeah, whereas it's best if it's the other way. Yeah, exactly. Goal. And that's what Klopp wants from his yeah. goalkeeper. But but that, that's my point in terms of we don't know what Klopp is exactly telling these players. But it was interesting to get that little insight from Lovren in the defence. Joe, Stephen Warnock has been saying to BBC Five Live that he's likened Carriers' revival, incredible form, he called it, to that of David De Gea at Manchester United in terms of De Gea makes a slow start, I should say, at Old Trafford and he's come good. Is he jumping the gun a little bit there or, yeah. or can you see where he's coming from in the sense that you know, Carriers did have a very slow start and he has been a lot more improved over the last couple of weeks? It's an easy comparison to make in terms of both young goalkeepers both came in, came in the team, then had to be taken out the firing line for a bit. Um, but I think to be compared to David De Gea, you have to go and do it. Carius has what, been in the team now since when did January. 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 Yeah. So you, he needs to do it for another 18 months for me, the end of the season and for the whole of the next season. And then you can start looking at them and saying, yeah, you know what, they're, they're, they're similar types of players. But 
it's an easy comparison to make, but I think Carrius has got a lot to prove. Although on Saturday, I, I didn't, I didn't really blame him too much for the penalty. I thought the fence left someone in behind, and he's just trying to come out and deal with it, and that happens. You know, goalkeepers Pepe Reina gave away loads of penalties like that. I always remember Reina would often rush out in the four-one at United. He rushed out and took out. Jason yeah, Park, yeah. Park. But he started so, making saves though, but, hasn't he? Yeah, but he started making saves. He's, he's look, he's improved. Um, whether he's improved because Van Dyke's playing ahead of him, I'm not sure. Whether he's just he's just found his feet in uh, Liverpool, but um, he's still got a lot of proving to do. And, and, and I'm still there's still a lot of doubt in the back of my mind as, as to whether he's got a long term future. Just a word on Van Dyke, just really quickly. I know he made the mistake, sort of. Cobb says it wasn't his mistake, but. My God, the difference he makes in that defence. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. unbelievable. Just, just to watch him in the flesh and and see just how he, how that, how much safer and more secure that defence seems. I know they obviously had a couple of chances, Palace, but that was mainly down the other side. Nothing went Robertson. I think a lot of Robertson's revivals down to Van Dyke's presence as well, because those those two have locked down. That I'd be interested to see how Marino does again with um, you know, not to say Robertson was my man of the match, but. Uh, those two have locked down that left-hand side now, and it's it's, it's down to Van. Uh, you know, bit of Robertson, of course, he's been brilliant, but Van Dyke is just like this this presence which I haven't seen in the yeah. Dan, I'm going to throw you this hand grenade. Adam Lallana is he finished at Liverpool? <laughs> oh, wow, thanks for that. <laughs> I mean, we were we actually we did allude to this just in kind of like chats we were having last week privately, didn't we? Uh, I mean. It, how long was he even on the pitch for? Was it five? He, he was on the pitch for five, but he yeah, was he was he was active for two and a half. Three. Yeah, it's it's a real hammer blow for the lad. I mean, he's he's only played a handful of games all season. He was, um, I think, there was a general feeling for a long time in the the early Klopp years, and we said it's still in the early Klopp years, but the early stages of Klopp's reign that Lallana was the leader of the press. You know, almost like the manager's representative on the pitch in the way that people often felt Danny Murphy was with Hugh Lane. Other examples. We were kind of, you know, having this discussion amongst ourselves last week. His game isn't solely about pressing. Obviously, he's a very skillful footballer, got great feet, good football brain, I would say as well. But the kind of the high octane nature of his game, in light of the fact that he's had these, you know, variety of quite serious injuries in recent times, is that going to take his toll on his physical capacity to perform at the level that he was? And you know the only way we'll find out about that is if he can get fit, stay fit, and play you know the requisite number of games that you need to get match fit. So I would hope that he's still got something to offer. I think it would be a shame because he seems like a he feels like a Liverpool player to me in, in many ways. Alan, even if he kind of I'm not sure he's ever quite hit his straps in the way that he's kind of hinted that he could. But if, you know you wouldn't be surprised if. Um, if maybe he is starting to kind of come towards the end of his of his Liverpool career, mainly because well, when we brought him in, the club was in. Well, I think he came in the summer of twenty fourteen, didn't yeah. he? After the yeah. the uh, so close abortive attempt to win the league, and the club was kind of going in a little bit of a downward trajectory. Then obviously, it's we're in a completely different place now, and we're probably looking at different types of players, and that may inform. Some of the judgments made on I mean, there's also the small matter of the fact it's not just this season he's been picking up injuries. Last season he had yeah. a fair few. Yeah. And it's just, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure how old he's, 28, 29. 30, he's 30, mate. He's oh, next so season yeah. 30. Yeah. My worry for him is that Liverpool are progressing. And, and when when Klopp came in, it felt like as he was implementing this style, Lallana did lead the press, if you like, and, and, and helped sort of implement that style on the pitch. But now that I feel like Liverpool are used to playing in that style, 
they almost don't need him to sort of lead the press anymore. And I, and I, I personally think that Liverpool are progressing as a team and Klopp's making signings. They've got Naby Keita to come in who will play in that position. And I just struggle to see where Lallana fits in anymore. Mm. And I think since he since he has sort of come back, he's struggled to nail down a place in the team because he's played either as a substitute in the front three he's or... Largely fits since Christmas, hasn't he, but yeah, not played many games. But yeah. not played many at all. I mean, Christian, I think 18 months ago on this podcast, you called him the dog whistle, yeah. Lallana. So what is he now? Was he Biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> he's the chew toy shadow he's, he's, he's been overused it's, it's, I, I don't want to write it off his career yet at Liverpool um, I, and I don't think Jürgen Klopp I think in, in a weird way if this is the end of his season it won't be the end of his career because I think Jürgen Klopp will, will definitely feel a, a definite um, it feels like he owes him yeah, where was he contract wise? he signed a new contract last year so he's, he's, he's on a lengthy he's on a lengthy contract Um I don't know who'd take him, for example, because he's on he's on decent wages. Um, mm. Probably fancy his chances abroad, to be honest. Possibly. Um, I mean, his age is against them, and it and it's one of those. He, his, his game is based on such a high octane style of play that you know a couple more niggles and you go. But ultimately, one thing I do think about him is that Liverpool were at one one there on sixty five minutes, and they brought on Oxley Chamberlain, Lallana. Now, they're two very good substitutions to make. I think if, if Lallana's at the, the if Lallana's at the, the performance level that he was at last season at times, then those are two real game-changing substitutions. Um, I must admit, I definitely see where people are coming from with Lallana, but I think if, if one midfielder's in trouble, and we were saying this on the way home uh, from Palace, if one midfielder's in trouble under Klopp, I think it might be Wijnaldum. I really... And I know he's obviously not been well, and he detailed that in graphic detail in the Dutch he's not they don't worry about much in, in Holland though do they so they just, they, they'll thing. just inspect yeah, anything yeah. But he, had, he, had, he had the runs um, and, he, and he did lost, he lost a fair bit of weight and I think that's the reason we haven't seen Raggy Clavan as well because I think he's still sort of building mm. up his, his fitness after mm. you know quite a debilitating bug um, but I thought he was really 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 poor against the, against Palace um, and I think he's had a generally inconsistent poor season and I just wonder He'll always throw in a performance, won't he? He'll throw in like a performance at Arsenal home or Tottenham at home, or yeah. and, he, and it'll be like, how 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 Liverpool cope without him in the team? Because he he, he just he, he's everywhere and he just pops the ball off. He's really good on the counter, but he's sometimes he's so safe and he's so risk averse that he's I, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't I'm not saying he's going to get sold or anything. I just think he's he's certainly lost his way at Liverpool a little bit stalled, recently. Yeah. He's stalled. Yeah. He's, uh, he's fallen down the pecking order. I thought when Coutinho left, I thought this might have been a chance for Wijnaldum to really... That's what I'd say about Lallana as well. You know, Klopp sold Coutinho because he backed Oxlade-Chamberlain and Lallana to pick up that slack. I thought Wijnaldum might have been a little sneaky shout to do mm-hmm. that as well. He hasn't done it. You come in, you're bringing someone like Kayser in who, for all intents and purposes, is sort of a similar position, but he's going to give you what Wijnaldum doesn't really give you, at least this season, and that's goals and assists. I always felt with with Wijnaldum, he wasn't. I ne- never expected him to really excel at Liverpool. I always thought he'd be a solid option, and that's what I still see him as. He's a solid option. I think. I think that's almost just going to be his career at Liverpool. He'll be a squad player. But option. will he be happy with that? He's twenty six, twenty seven. That's up to him, isn't it? But in terms of, I I don't think he's ever going to be nailed down a place in Liverpool's midfield and, and be someone we talk about as being a vital, vital cog. I just think he's a good option and he's reliable, and you can play him in 
90% of home games and he'll, he'll do a job. I suppose good teams have that. In the squad, teams, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm starting to kind of come more around to that way of thinking on him, to be honest with you, because last season, and, he, and even last season, you know, there was you know, quite a, a large divergence between the quality of his performance. It's well documented. He's still never, never scored a goal away from home for Liverpool or... or like May 2015. Yeah. 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 So the last the last time he scored away from home for any team was the day after Gerard said goodbye to Anfield against Palace. Blimey. May 2015. Yeah. So that that's was for PSV over three years ago. Yeah. Um, I know. Until he came at Anfield, he was, he was playing in a more advanced position as well, wasn't he? But 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 there were you know a number of occasions last season when I was really really impressed with him and possibly slightly giddily and over the top. I actually I actually compared him a, a couple of times there. I saw him as, as almost like a kind of Sooness type player. <laughs> Which Sooness though? Not Graham Sooness though. Is, 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 would this be Mabel Sooness? Mabel Sooness. <laughs> probably should have waited until we got this loan deal made permanent. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate on that a little bit. He just seems to kind of have this, this physicality, this all-round nature to his game where he could defend, he could get up and support the attack, score goals, well, obviously not away from Anfield. I, I was as concerned as anyone at the kind of like the drop off and, and the, the the difference in the level of some of his performances, but he, he just seemed to kind of you know we talked about leadership there before with Van Dijk and obviously there's lots of different kinds of leadership, but he just it, that kind of Gerard type leading by example taking a situation. So Sunas and Gerard. Yeah, so no no pressure there, Jenny. Um, I was no, thinking I know what you're Sometimes he tries to use his strength a bit too much. He falls into the old Jose and replay trap. Oh, no, 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 He'd go like, he'd like I've got past this guy, but I want to show you how tough I am. And then he'd try <laughs> yeah, and yeah, no, He got fair. caught out a couple of times, weirdly enough, in the, in the FA Cup game against Wolves last year. He got caught out a few times there. And then when he went to, I think it was at Brighton, I was at Brighton, and he played the left side of the back three, saying, I've never played there before. In the first 15 minutes, he hadn't got a clue. But then after that, he was good, he's but then I think he's, we're going to say yeah. he's, he's an intelligent footballer. I think that's what Klopp likes more than anything. Yeah. Is that he's, he well, likes it, the it physicality his and he well. likes the brain. Yeah, that, that that was one of the aspects that made me think we potentially have signed a really excellent midfielder here that really could go on and become an absolute mainstay in the middle of the park for us for years to come. But all that momentum and promise, I think we've been really a good game here and there. I mean, I've, I've watched I watched the, the City four three again a couple of weeks ago. And that was one of his best games of the season. And again, you know, to, to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, to be part of a dominant performance against obviously an outstanding football team. Again, just hints at the, the, the signs that I thought I'd seen in him. But in reality, he's, he's gone. He's, he's stalled, and if anything, gone backwards this season. Well, if there's one thing he does like, it's a big game. We mentioned Manchester City. Neatly segueing into the fact that the next game is on Wednesday. It is against Manchester City. It's the Champions League. The first leg of the quarterfinals at Anfield. Um, we're expecting a big night. Dan, are we expecting a big, big night, though? Well, it doesn't get much bigger, really, does it? Um, it's the first time Liverpool have been at this stage of the competition uh, for nine years. Um, does it matter that it's against an English team? Does that take the edge off it slightly? I think it puts the edge on it. I'd agree. I think if, I think if it was, I think it maybe if it was Tottenham or another English team. Um, I just think in the context of this season. The fact that City are, you know, on course to be one of the the most dominant pre- champions—not just Premier League champions, but top-flight champions that we've ever, that we've ever seen. The fact that, in a nice little kind of nod to two thousand and five, in between the two legs, they have the chance to to clinch the championship. I think it absolutely. Um, I mean, even one of the key, one of the most one of the most encouraging things about Saturday's win at Palace was the fact that I think a lot of supporters like myself have already been. 
looking, for, you know, anticipating that this Mark Wharton clash against City pretty much right the way through the international break. But obviously, we had an important game at Palace, and the players, you know, no matter how professional and how you know, keeping their eyes on one game at a time, the players might like to be. They they can't not be enticed by the prospect of playing in a match like this, and it's it's got. You know, I think we read one of James's piece last night, and he said, "You know, the world will be watching," mm. and I think it will be because it's just got an epic encounter written all over it. Christian, do you agree? I do. Do you, do you, do you think there's more on this game than if they were playing someone like Real Madrid or yeah, Barcelona yeah, or I Bayern do. Munich? I feel, I feel like I feel like there is that edge to it now. I feel like because they've played each other twice. I, I think I feel like if do it you was feel like there's an edge, like in the same way in 2005, there was an edge, or is it a different kind no, of? No, it's the same edge. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because no, it's, because it's almost like it, it's you know it's almost like can the empire strike back against the new pretenders? But you, you can't, can't hate Guardiola, though, yeah. can you? Pete? No, it, people that's this the thing. Like, doesn't have the that. And, and Chelsea did while everyone had respected them. I don't think anybody loved them. Whereas I think people actually love watching Man City play. Yeah, I think there's a lot more respect between these two teams. I think there's a lot more respect between the two managers. The styles of play are very similar, aren't they? And I actually think it will be a very good occasion on Wednesday. And, and I'm not looking in, in those in those Chelsea games. You knew that there'd be a little bit of needle, and I don't think there would be as much needle. I think there'll be two teams that go out to play great football. And um, is that a bad thing for us? The fact that you, do we need that bit of needle? Sometimes, yeah, I think mm. sometimes. But I, look, I think didn't hurt us in January. Though, no, and I, and I think as well, Liverpool fans going into this game. Though it's been nine years since a quarter final. Anfield in the Champions League I think they, they don't need the needle to be up for this game no. but I think it's nice that there's no needle I don't, I'm glad that they don't need that needle I'm, I, I think it would just be oh, a this cool, be great game of football mm. a great occasion two great managers some brilliant players to watch um, Salah my absolute favourite player to watch who isn't a Liverpool player is Kevin De Bruyne it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's going to be a great occasion and I, I can't wait for it but I do. I think there will still be, be a little bit of needle so <laughs> I think he's, he's, he's not going to let this no, go no, 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 no. <laughs> no, all I think is that if, if Liverpool were playing Barcelona or Real Madrid or Bayern Munich I think it would be a sort of oh what a journey Liverpool have been on you know what, what, what a great first year back in the Champions League but we're playing one of Europe's best now against City Liverpool are playing against one of Europe's best but with familiarity. Well done. Well done. Yeah, you said it. Breeze yeah. contempt. Um, <laughs> and it's Man City. And it's, yeah, it's Man City. It's 2014. It's the League Cup final in 2016. It's, it's Raheem Can Sterling. Can I this a minute? You just mentioned 2014. You've done this a few times when we've been speaking. Is anybody even thinking about that? No, I don't. I don't think I, anyone I, is I thinking about 2014. I've just not. Yeah, you've upgraded that. And I remember just thinking that, again, that was a great occasion. Great game, great occasion, two great teams, not too much needle between them, and they put turned in a, a wonderful game, one of the best. I actually think that was probably the best Premier League game that I've been and watched. I thought it was a wonderful game the to watch. Coutinho great, winner, yeah, yeah, great yeah. game of football, right, great, up. great atmosphere, and um, yeah, and no, no real needle, and they didn't need it again. Yeah, but Man City won the league. No, they deserve to win it, well, but, but that doesn't mean that we. I, I don't there's, no, there's no needle with Leicester in 2016. Yeah. I think yeah. one element that will introduce a little bit of needle is the fact that Manchester City still are struggling to sell out their stadium They've for the second it. leg. They've sold it. No, I think it's sold out now. I think it's sold out. Well, they finally sold out. Were they actually but, struggling, or was it more a case of the way that they actually sell the tickets means that it took them a long time to actually sell well, it out? Well, it, it went to general sale, and mm. then it went to... And lots of Liverpool supporters seized all over this last week. It went to general sale, I think, the week before, and then last week. 
they they put a the city put an official thing out saying uh, any member can now buy two extra tickets. So that to me says they're struggling to sell it, and I think we all know that would not be even close to being. Well, I do think a, a couple of people within a Merseyside postcode have perhaps helped them sell out that. Well, does that, well, does well, that, well no, not, does you that need a purchase history. Does that not underline then that this is not that adds less edge to it because City's fans aren't. Well, obviously the ones who all turn up will be... They don't have to hit the same history of this competition it, in the Champions League. They've got a weird relationship, haven't they, with the Champions League? They boo the anthem. Mm. Yeah, because cause they had to play a game. I kind of respect them. I like them for that. Yeah. I respect them for that. I just feel it's weird. It's, really? a, good, it's a good song. Yeah, I, I like the Champions League. <laughs> 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 it's never going to get to number one, though, is it? Let's be fair. I didn't need it before. But I think with, no, with we Chelsea as well, the difference between them and City. Then the Europa League anthem, that's terrible. There was always a bit of needle with Chelsea. I remember years ago, Chelsea fans were always, they were always big into the, the singing the unemployment songs and waving, well, pa- waving £20 notes at Anfield. You know, I've always sat very near the away fans and they always were at it. So when they did get money and they became a top force, the arrogance just went through the roof. So I, I think there was always a dislike between Chelsea and Liverpool. And, and that this, only grew. Whereas Man City... It's never really been there, but it's interesting you draw that comparison with Chelsea because I think the way football has gone, or the, the, the dynamic between Liverpool and City has gone just really in the last four or five years. There is a similarity with Chelsea in that we you know, we will always see, Liverpool fans will always see themselves as a bigger club than Man City. No matter how much money they've got, how many Premier Leagues they win in a row under Pep Guardiola, Reds will always feel we're Liverpool. People of our era, Ian... You know, we used to see Liverpool put all you know many goals past City. Mm. We you know season in season out. They still, in spite of you know what ten years they've been owned by Arabs now, they still got a horrendous record at Anfield. Yeah, One win in, years. in yeah. 2003. 2003. Yeah, when an Alpha scored. So, so similar to Chelsea, you know, City now see us as major rivals, but we don't. And 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 similar to Chelsea, they are desperate to kind of like provoke a rival with provoke a rivalry mm. with us. And in many ways, it with Liverpool fans kind of you know, kind of indifferent to them. And what's that? What that has meant in terms of some of the songs and comments you see on social media from Chelsea fans and City fans towards Liverpool fans have kind of crossed that ethical boundary, quite, you know, a lot more often than what they would have done because they're desperate to provoke well, a response. So I think that'll introduce a little bit more needle. I mean, I'd argue that the needle on Merseyside is actually between Man City and Everton. I Funny enough, my, my, my stepdad, who definitely doesn't listen to this podcast, um, <laughs> he, he's an Evertonian, he hates Man City. Mm. He, whereas when I, whereas when, I, when I was growing up, kind of Everton and Man City were kind of, not the same, but they had, they had a closer relationship because they were seen as, for right or wrong, the, base, the, the, the fact was they were the secondary club in a, in a major city, mm. behind United and behind Liverpool. Mm. And I think Everton still are. I don't think we can argue with that. But City and United... I think City are more bothered about United than they are about Liverpool. That's why I don't really see this as being having a massive edge to it as much as, as Dan says, some of the fans step over the line as much as you say there's a bit of recent history between the teams. I just don't see it. You say that, but look at the coach greetings and all this, although that's just social media chatting. Yeah. The coach greetings yeah. are just trying to intimidate them. That'd be whoever mm-hmm. it was. If we got a team together and went and played at Anfield, they'd be Chris, doing the same thing. You and I look back at um, some videos that found out Liverpool we'd forgotten. Uh, <laughs> don't say it, Joe. Don't say it. Southampton. So I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't it looked that. like a scene for Galatasaray versus Fenerbahce, and we were like, "What the hell? What game's this? This yeah. is amazing." The League Cup game. The League Cup. I think game. it was because it was so cold. That's why yeah. they were setting the players <laughs> off just to keep warm. They were like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The coach treating will be great. Um, you know, is this overstated? Time. By the way, 
Is it, this overstated? Because it's, it only ever gets mentioned if you win. No, it's loads of, exactly that's our point. It only but, ever gets mentioned. But if you I win. think it is for fans. It's loads of fun, isn't it? It's, it, yeah, it is loads of fun. Yeah. Also, what it does, it does. I don't think it intimidates people. I think, I, it, I, I think, think it might inspire the Liverpool yeah, team rather yeah. than intimidate the Manchester. Yeah, exactly. Team. But that's how it should be. It yeah. shouldn't be about because Bernard, Benjamin Mendy, and, and, and Kevin De Bruyne, they'll be filming it on the. They'll be Snapchatting away. Yeah. They'll, they'll be thinking, oh, red smoke. That's crazy. Like they they behind they behind the thing unless 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 it goes through the window which we're not condoning and we're not saying it would. Please, please don't. <laughs> but now it does, we're loads of blame. <laughs> no no no. But what I'm saying, you know, that's that that's you, you've heard about things like that happen in the past elsewhere. Um, but ultimately, it's just what what it also does is, I think it gets a couple of thousand people congregated outside the stadium. The atmosphere builds, and then they all go into the stadium, yeah. and they're up for it. Mm. I mean, they shouldn't need that to be up for a game like this anyway. But it but does. It builds that atmosphere, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But please don't throw a brick through the window. <laughs> well said, Christian. Watch there. Uh, Guardiola was speaking after the Guardiola. Everton. Guardiola. Guardiola. Is it? Is it Guardiola or Guardiola? Guardiola. Pep was How speaking. I don't, but he's from St. Helens, he can't though. I know, you're from South Liverpool. Yeah, I'm yeah. lovely. The key was in the phrase there, South Liverpool. Yeah, but you're yeah. from the South, I'm from the North. We've got a Wirral, I'm, I'm the only two scouts here. Where are you from? Wirral, you're from Kenny. Wirral. Oh no, you're not, you're Anfield, aren't you? This, oh, well, you, South, live on, you live on the Wirral. No, I don't. That's not it. Get, 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 I, I, I live in Liverpool 18, that's as far as I go. I thought you lived in Liverpool. Family ties at school there, but no. Oh God. You're, you're like a, a bit plastic, of a tramway fan as well. That's, that's why I've got... Born Oxford Street maternity, always even sure out. You're so. like a plastic Welshman, then, aren't Setting you? the record really? straight. I'm not taking that from someone from St. Helens. <laughs> 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 well, you knew Brighton forever. Anyway, the Manchester City manager, his first name is Pep, he was speaking after the winning at Everton. And he was speaking, obviously being asked about the Liverpool game, and he was talk, talking about, how are you going to stop Salah? And he said, it's not just him, it's Firmino and Mane. They're, they're almost unstoppable. But he also went on. And said, it's not just these people. Liverpool are a very, very you know, difficult team to play against. You've got Van Dijk in the set pieces, and you've also got Chamberlain through the middle. And that was interesting because, obviously, he scored against City in, in January, the opening opening goal. He's not been a regular in the team, but he's been earmarked out by Pep as, as a danger man, whereas there's a lot of Liverpool fans who perhaps not argue shouldn't even be in the team. Well, they're arguing wrong, um, because I thought he changed the game against the Palace. I think obviously he put the ball in for Robertson. You'd like to update your rating, wouldn't you? I was. I give him a six. I think he was a seven. Um, I also he was he was excellent. I think he in this sort of game, he's absolutely crucial because he is at his best at Liverpool, and this is probably a little bit of a byproduct of his time at Arsenal when the game is in full flow and everybody's on the move, and he's there to sort of pick up the ball on the move and move it on and. If, if it's static in front of him, he, he still needs yeah. to learn how to, how to deal with a, a game like that, as do a number of players in Liverpool's team. But in this sort of game, as he showed at the, at the as he showed against that uh, City at Anfield, as he's shown in a couple of other outings as well, when Liverpool are in full flow, he's just got this wonderful. He's like almost like a facilitator to everybody else. He's he, he's the he's the fulcrum of the midfield, and like everybody, he's almost like a reverse. A reverse for me, you know, in the way that everyone plays through him, and he's just mm. popping the ball off. He'll meet, you'll find the, you'll find the fullbacks out wide. You'll find the balls. You, you'll find a ball down the channel to Salah, Mane. You'll play one twos with Firmino. He's just, he's got a bit of a shot on him as well. He's just got the energy and 
the physicality as well. He's bigger than you think. Yeah. He's, a, he's a big strong, guy. He's yeah. a strong yeah. guy. Strong as an ox. He's got a he's got a hey, very very he's very done, smooth chest as well. He has got a smooth chest, and I don't like that about him. But that's, <laughs> but, that's, but, that's but, but that's fine. I hope <laughs> he's got he's got a magnificent chest. Yeah, he's got a really good chest. Yeah, um, chest I hope he's done that for the adverts and no, yeah. no, just to promote Nivier. He's absolutely. I can I can see why Guardiola's done this. It's you know singled him out because I think. Also against that sort of midfield, he, he gave Fernandinho the run around. Or could he be doing that thing where he thinks, oh, I hope they play Chamberlain because we've got a plan for him. Well, so well, well he's so famous yeah, like, yeah, give yeah, him a bit yeah, of toffee. Yeah. He may be, you know, Pep, he seems to know what he's doing now, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's preempting it, isn't it? You know, a little bit, because he obviously was a big, he had a big role in that 4-3 game, um, Chamberlain, and I think Pep sort of like, almost almost saying, I know how you're going to play on Wednesday. Um, but I think, he, I think he is key, and I think, like like Christian said, when there's when there's a bit of space in front of him and he can move and drive into that space, he gets them full up the pitch. And I really like that about it. All right then, well we'll go on to the team selection then. We can decide between ourselves what Liverpool team's gonna be for the game. Um are we all gonna agree that it's Danny Ward in goal? Grabara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carrius in goal then. Yeah. And we're gonna go Robertson left back. Yeah. And we're gonna go Van Dyke. Yeah. And we're gonna go Ooh. Oh stop. Okay. We will start off with the other centre back. Not Matip. Yeah. Not Matip. Lovren. 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 Joe. I say yeah, Lovren as well. It has to be Lovren. Yeah. It has to be Lovren. Now, right back. Chance? Oh. With Gomez, you can't throw clients with a game like this. We've not played all season. If Gomez was fit and ready, you're going to throw Milner out there, aren't you? Milner in there. Oof, that's no, but Milner, uh, Milner can only go there if Chan is fit because Chan's got to play. And if Chan's not playing, Milner has to play. I, I wouldn't put Milner at right back. I see where you're coming from. I just think he hands the initiative to Man City. It shows that we're that, that, that Liverpool are more worried about Man City than Man City worries about Liverpool. So yeah. we're going to put TAA there. Oh, I'm putting Trent there. Do you know Trent. what? Do you know what? He was giving the run around a little in the first half, and and, and I did give him a five. But his head didn't go. His head just like he didn't. It was a hard entire, so it was a little bit of an easier hmm. task, but. He'll get Pretty space tight. against City. He'll yeah. get space against yeah. City, and, and he'll put the crosses yeah. in. But climb has to start the derby. Then, okay. So I just kind yeah, of think as well. So I mean, yeah, we'd all love you know one, two, three, four nil as a first leg score. You know, <laughs> 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 we'll I want seven. We would, you know, I think many people would feel nil nil isn't the worst first leg score either. Well, but to my mind, in real terms, Manchester City are a phenomenal football side, one of the best I've ever seen in 30-plus years of watching the game. It's unrealistic to expect that they're not going to score goals. However, as you alluded to just then, Ian, Mr Guardiola is more than aware that Liverpool have some attacking talents as well. And I think we've got to look to us. You know, obviously, we're not going to try and prevent as many attacks and prevent goals as much as we can, of course, but... Trent will give you will give you what he gives you going I, forward. I'll tell you why he'll be on the look as well, Dan, because I think Guardiola is going to play Laporte left back because that's what he trialed against Everton. I think the idea is he did yeah. pick up a knock, but if he's fit, I think knock he's thinking door. about putting Laporte as left back. Very good, <laughs> very good. I'm trying to make a salient, <laughs> a salient tactical <laughs> point here. Laporte is the French word for door, by the way. Yes. Carol. You should know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Some of our audience might not. Uh, right, sorry, Christian. <laughs> right. Sorry, Christian. We've done <laughs> French lessons. Right. Um, <laughs> he played the horse on the left-hand side of defence. I think he's basically priming him to be a third centre-back against Salad. I think he's going to stop that space in between the left-hand side. You've been reading the Guardian well, this morning, haven't you? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've well, there we go. I've got another thing to throw into the, to the, you know, the Liverpool team discussion. On the back of... They can't pick 12 players. <laughs> 
damn, <laughs> on the back of you know, the tactical change that Klopp made, partly forced through the injury, injuries to Lallana in the second half on Saturday, and listening to another rival podcast at, at one point this morning in work... Um, this long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just trying to cut cousin letters here. Like, like, paperwork isn't in yet. Exactly. We're going to see if we can cut it short. Brown paper bags and services and that. Um, should Liverpool be thinking about a back three? Uh, no, they shouldn't. No, let's, let's move on from that. <laughs> okay. I can, I, I can see where you're coming from, but um, maybe. I'm not in convinced the, I would. Maybe in the last five minutes when the, as you say, three or four nil up and just want to see it out. I would not, I would, but I would. I would be surprised, but wouldn't be surprised if that happened. If you see what I mean, it's not I, like, possible. It's, it's, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah. Well, Klopp, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this maybe after we've picked the team for him. But uh, in terms of, it wouldn't surprise me if Klopp almost doesn't prioritise because it's not him, but sees a clean sheet as important as anything else here. Because if, if Liverpool manage to keep, keep a clean sheet against Manchester City, That's one goal, the Etihad absolutely psychologically yeah. massive, isn't it? But right, okay. back to the team. Anyway. Back to the team. The front three will be the same. We know that. Um, so who? Yeah, Ink Slanky and Woodburn. Who are we going to have in midfielder? Are we going to have the skipper, Jordan Henderson? Yes. Are we, are we, are we yeah, saying it's Chan fit? No. Well, let's just say chance. Okay, let's do both ways. Okay. okay so Henderson, regardless. Yes. yes. Henderson. Henderson. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, I think that, that's too many yes. I mean, I, I have big worries about our yeah. midfield. All the now, as now, the now, now. We're left with. Let's just say that chance fit. Who are the other two? Milner and Oxley Chamberlain. So you're still not playing Chan? Sorry, if Chan's fit. Chan's fit. But I'm not, I, I don't know if I'm playing Anderson. So you'd have Chan, Oxlade, Chamberlain and Milner? Milner. Joe? I'd have Chan, Oxlade, Chamberlain and Henderson. Chan, Oxlade, Chamberlain and Henderson. I, I like Milner. I, th- I think Milner yeah, like will that. absolutely play a big part in the tie. You know, yeah. Trent as well a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? But, yeah. then, but then again... As, as, as Dan said, Wayne Alden was brilliant. I, I think we can say Oxley Chamberlain and Henderson. Mentioned, so, yeah, but he, but he, still, he lost all 20 stones. Yeah, he? and he's shown no signs of getting back so to the club since then. Let, let's, go with, let's go with Henderson and Oxley Chamberlain, and then Chan if he's fit, and if not Milner. Are we going to discuss the front three? Yeah, we've already said that we're going to play Ings, Woodburn, yeah. and, and yeah, Solanke. Yeah. Now, okay, so we've come to the score now. Now, what do you think the score will be? And what do you think is the minimum worst score that Liverpool would happily accept to? I think Liverpool would accept a nil-nil. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the score would be? I also think, in a weird way, I don't think Liverpool would feel the ties dead at one nil if they lost one nil. Just, I just, I yeah. think they, they, yeah. they, they okay. would feel. So, what, what do you think the score's going to be? Three-one to Liverpool. Words out of my mouth, Christian. Joe, I'd rather them win the game than. Oh, this sounds stupid. I'd rather them win the game and concede a goal without, rather than drawing nil nil. Yeah, I, of course. I don't think yeah, yeah. Not, so you prefer two one to nil nil. I prefer two yeah. one to nil. Anyone who says otherwise is, is, yeah. is just know, wrong. Yeah. So, some people would in Europe would have a nil nil mm, and yeah, take away from Romeo. So yeah, I, I, I think it could be a two one. Yeah, two mm. one. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see one. Three one is mm. hopeful, optimistic. I can see a score in three. It's more. Will we only concede one? Two one, so that we're all absolutely. I think that you're right. Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool would take a nil-nil now. In fact, I think Liverpool would take one all now. If I'm being honest, because it won't be nil-nil in the second leg. They'll score in the second leg. So yeah, as long as they score in the first leg and don't get beat, yeah, I think they'd well, be reasonably I think happy take with three, that. Three. I think they will yeah. take a situation where if if, if they win. Uh, uh, up the Etihad, deep one, or yeah. if they get a score draw, maybe. See, 1-1's one, not too bad, because then, you know, if you score very early on at the Etihad, and then you go, great, 
now City have to score two to knock us out. And if mm. we score again, they've got to score three. Yeah. This is the whole two-leg thing coming yeah. into play now, which is where Klopp's very good at the two-leg thing. Rodgers wasn't. I think we've Guardiola done, we've done this. Ga- who? Guardiola. Guardiola. Pep. Guardiola is not. He's saying he's, saying he's not. Not under. Not not a buy-in. He struggled a little bit with the two legs, didn't he? It's interesting because it doesn't make any difference to the way he t- plays the game because he almost always plays the game. And he's in not the got same a good way. record against Klopp, hasn't he? Klopp's won more games than him than any other manager. He's the only ever manager who's got a winning record. So it's just yeah. this come down to everybody's looking at it in the wrong way. It's actually over the two legs rather than just one and see where it goes. It's the people who are looking at it over the whole course, the two legs. The well, managers, and that's what the managers will be. Yeah. Well, that's what you think they will be. I, th- I think both managers play the same way. I also think they know the team for both legs. So you don't think either manager will compromise the way they normally play just not, for this not first leg? Not massively, no. They're not like. Well, they're not be a little. He's not, bit... he's not like Benitez, who, yeah. who would who would set out. Like we just talked about three at the back. Then Klopp isn't doesn't strike me as the type of manager who'll drop will drop his usual style of play to to, to play. A bespoke at the back. plan for yeah. a specific. Whereas match, Benitez yeah. would do that, and we've seen we we saw him do that a lot. I think they're both managers who play a certain way and back it to to bring them success. Yeah. And um, I think that's why this tie is quite fascinating. So, in, in summary, we don't think Liverpool will get beat, but we wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Manchester City won. Let's, let's not beat around the bush here. Manchester City are a phenomenal football team. They're yeah. a magnificent football team. And they could easily turn up to, to Liverpool the same way Chelsea did in, in 09 yeah. and, and win 2-1, 3-1, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the expert view there is anything could happen. Yeah. Right. And isn't that nice? It is. Yeah. yeah. It is. Isn't yeah. That, and, and do you know what? It's the, it's the vagaries of modern football. But you know what as well? You know, Liverpool have, have struggled in recent years, haven't they? They've uh, you know, they nearly went through administration. They, they had bad a spell. They haven't won a, a trophy since 2012. But... What Jürgen Klopp's done in the past two years has is, is, is got them back onto the dine at the top table of European football, and you know, hopefully for Liverpool, this is just the start, even if it is the end for this season. <laughs> right, fair enough. Uh, on that bombshell, we shall leave you. Join us later this week, where we will look back at uh, Liverpool's game against Manchester City and look ahead to the small matter of a Goodison derby. Cheerio. Ook bewust bezig zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 11 euro per maand met mijn sim only. Nu met 100 minuten of sms'jes en 2500 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl.